Hi, Justin. Hi, hey, Chris. Fancy seeing you here. I know. Welcome back. This is I'm No Expert, episode three. Wow, I never thought we'd make it this far. I know. Three episodes of this continued podcast here in my lovely apartment. Yeah. Which, the door is open, so you're going to hear some sounds of the springtime, a.k.a. cars. Well, it's a sacrifice they have to make for us to enjoy the beautiful weather. That's true. That's true. Which, Tuesday, apparently, it's not going to be beautiful. Well, yeah, we live in the Midwest, so uh, I still expect at least six more inches of snow before the spring's out. Right. And then it'll be completely hot and humid, and everybody will start complaining when it's the middle of June. Yeah, yeah, there's no in-between. It's miserable weather uh, binary, though. Either way. Basically. Um, so this episode, we are, the concept for this episode is that I walked into a liquor store where they sell beer and I picked three brews that were exclusively just what I thought the bottles looked like. So I didn't have, I didn't really go in with any kind of research. I didn't like research the breweries or the style, or I didn't really specifically go for like anything certain except that they had really cool bottles. Literally judging a beer by its cover. Yes. It's wrappings, I guess you could say. Um, so our first beer is Delirium Nocturnum by the... I don't know this how to pronounce this. Brewers. Uh, Brewers. Uh, I'm not sure how to get to the end, but Delirium is the common name. Yeah. Um found this beer because it is in like a white opaque bottle sitting over there you can see a picture of it on beer advocate kind of looks like ceramic which i thought was kind of cool so the bottle's not ceramic it looks like it it's kind of painted in that way it's like oh this is kind of cool and it's got a pink elephant on the front that's pretty cool um it is a belgium strong dark ale uh, abv of 8.5 so very high ABV. All right. Or Let's a beer. See what their website says about it. Now, what age do you have to be to visit their website? <laughs> well, it depends on the country you pick. Okay. But uh, America wasn't an option, so I thought I'd be a little British this evening and uh, sixteen or older. Sixteen is the drinking age in Britain. Sixteen. Sixteen or eighteen. I know I it's younger it than here. I'm a little ignorant, but I don't remember. Um. So, yeah, there it is in the glass. It is very dark. Well, uh, I guess before we get into it, we should probably mention what happened just when you poured it originally. Oh, yeah. So I opened the bottle, and it's one of those giant, the, the big beer bottles. Remember the B, the B square, the B cubed, the big beer bottle? Yeah. And it's got one of those, like, cork tops. So unwinding the the metal mesh that holds the cork on, pulled off the cork, and it decided to just foam and explode everywhere. Yeah, very much a gusher, and not in the delicious 90s candy kind of way. Which are very... If you Have you had them recently? No, not at all. Are they horrible? They're just awful. Well... It's really kind of depressing. I remember at the time I uh, I was quite taken with them. I was obsessed with, with them. Understandably. I mean, they're no warheads, but... Oh, gosh. Anyway, uh, I guess the cause of gushing is some kind of imperfection in the beer, some kind of quality defect. It's usually... Some kind of infection or some kind of fungal component when they were brewing. That great. So now it's going to kill us. No, no. This probably is the last episode us. of not. I'm no expert, guys. Thanks so much for listening. This is going to be our last one. Cheers to death. Yeah, yeah. Cheers to. Here we go. Cheers across the table. 
Do it. Well, if I die, I'd like to be cremated and put in a firework. I don't know how so. this episode's going to go up. We should leave a note somewhere after we drink this that says, please post the third episode of I'm No Expert with a detailed <laughs> description of how we need to do that. Well, I, it won't kill us, but the beer could be uh, not optimal tasting here. It could be a little spoiled, so. No, we'll find out. Um, oh, there's somebody trying to uh, message me. Sorry about that. <laughs> Go away. Um, so, yeah, very, very kind of uh, not very opaque in color sort of reddish brown a yeah. little bit yeah closer to the brown than the red in my mind yeah as i'm holding it up to the light here but definitely uh some heavy sediment in it you can't really see your fingers through it even when you hold the up to the yeah. light lots of particulate matter nah there we go that's a big word yeah right? more than five letters <laughs> scrabble champion chris Loudenslogger. i did it what's how many points is that uh it doesn't really have any big letters so unless you got on a triple you're kind of in trouble Particulate Matter X. <laughs> Maybe we'll spell it with a K, the Ooh, German spelling. There we go. Uh, the aroma is very fruity. I'm getting lots of fruit notes. Yeah. I, I'm not getting as much fruit. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting more... Uh, it smells like beer. Yeah, definitely some beer in there. No, I'm, I'm getting more like caramelly like the sweeter side the maltier smell okay i'm missing out on the fruit a little bit but. maybe that's that's my mistake in where it's more sweet smelling that reminds me of a fruit flavor okay but it's more i get the i get kind of this the sweeter maltier you get any uh mocha maybe chocolate that kind of smell out of it mm, i don't know not really I don't really get any kind of toasty, roasty flavored smells out of it. I I want desperately to be able to smell a spice of some sort, but I'm I'm just not. I don't know if if you did at all, but mm, not really. I don't get any kind of spicy flavored notes at all. Well, eh, let's jump right into it. See what we taste here. So, initial sip, uh, good. I like it. I don't know what to think about this one so far. I'm not sure either. Uh, a weird brightness to it, which I didn't expect. Yeah. With being something so dark. Yeah, it has a strange... It has a strange bitterness to it that's not a hop bitterness. It, there's there's something else there that is uh, a, a little attacking. A little, a little bite, I think, on the finish. Um... Really high ABV, and I was reading something on this beer before we started the show, mm -hmm. and someone said, "Well, it has like a very like alcoholness to it, where you get kind of like the gut, like the stomach feeling of drinking alcohol." Yeah, and, and it gives a nice uh, warmness as it goes yeah. down as well. It's that, reminiscent of a cocktail, like that alcohol burn. I'm yeah. getting the fruit that. I think you said you smelled. I think I'm getting some of that sweeter, darker fruit. Uh, well, not darker, but sweeter. Maybe uh, like fig. Hmm. I could see that. Maybe like a like a peach. Peaches. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. Not totally off. Um, it definitely has a spice to it. Maybe that's maybe that's the pervasive bitterness I thought I was getting, but some kind of 
Maybe it's just like a yeasty spice. Yeah, I'm not sure what the spice would actually be. I really can't discern out of the flavor what it could be. Clove? Hmm. Possibly. Something close to there. I don't think I'm miles off. Thinking more allspice? Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Not overwhelming, though. It's, no. Really subtle. Yeah, kind of the sweetness sort of washes it away, and then you get it in the next sip. I, I like that it's not building up on the tongue. Every sip is yeah, pretty similar. It's not like you're drinking some kind of Christmas brew where it's really, really cinnamony, and it just tastes like you're drinking a cinnamon candy <laughs> over and over again. Not my favorite. Both of us don't really like the Christmas. Yeah, no, that's just a personal bias, but I'm not a big vanilla porter type guy. And uh, like you were saying with the spices. Um, yeah, it's, overall, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty enjoyable. I may get it again just because it's got a pink elephant on the bottle. I'd have it again. It The bitter tart flavor is kind of pushing me off a little. I don't necessarily appreciate that in this beer. But it does have a nice, like, sweetness to it. Yeah. It's oddly balanced. Yeah. For being such a really dark beer, you think there's going to be a lot of... There's a lot of complex complex flavors there, but they aren't really balanced in a way that brings one or two out. It's more... It's very kind of mellow. Which, I don't know, I've grown to appreciate that balance of flavors in a beer. I think that's somewhat what makes me excited about beer in general. Good beers. But for for some reason, there's something about this one that's not overly working for me. Yeah. And maybe it was some kind of infection with the gusher. Maybe that's why the peppery is a little high. Yeah. Maybe. maybe that maybe that spiciness is because it was bad. Yeah, possibly. Who or... knows? I mean, we can't really tell. They don't really have a thingy on the bottle that says, Hey, this is a bad batch. Be prepared to get it sprayed all over your hands when you try to open the bottle. It could just be the yeast, too. I mean, who knows what yeast strain they're using. But uh, but no, I, I enjoy the beer overall. It's uh, it's not a seasonal or anything, is it? I think it's... No, it is available all year round. Okay. As far as information the internet tells me. Well, if it's coming, on the internet, it has to be true. Com- coming in live from the internet, this beer is available all year round. Back to you, Justin. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to go into like your uh, hokey 20s radio personality oh. voice. Delirium is now available all year round. Stay tuned for more from the Warfront. I'll read all about it. Do that. Um, so thanks to all of our subscribers, we're now at, as recording the show and what our internet thing has told us, we're at 55 subscribers, so thanks so much for listening. Um, we are having a little bit of an issue with, there's a ghost in my apartment, apparently. Thanks, Dor. Uh, having a little bit of the issue with the RSS feed. Um, we are trying to get that fixed. So hopefully by the time you hear this, we have that fixed because we were talking about that. But if you have an issue with the RSS, uh, you can always go to the website, noexpertshow.com. You can leave some feedback comments. Yes, please. Uh, in the contact, you can, I, I may enable comments on each individual post, but we'll see if we want to actually do that. And you can listen to the show there. You can subscribe to our Twitter. You can also, uh, had it, we had an interesting, so the, from the first episode, uh, I talked about a book and it was a book where people drive cars shaped as 
like fruits or like what their job is. So if you're like a ladder guy, you drive a car that's a ladder. Or if you're a banana salesman, you drive a, bar, a car that's a banana. And you, we, I forgot what the name of this book was. Right. And I was relatively sure you were crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> crazy Chris talking about some book that doesn't exist again. Um, but one of our listeners, Tyler Krauss, he emailed us and said, I think it's Richard Scarry's What Do People Do All Day? And he's a child's book author. Looked it up on Amazon. It's exactly the book that I was looking for. So it kind of looks like an I Spy book, but all the people are driving around in their cars that are shaped like what they do all day. So you can buy it on Amazon now for seven ninety one in stock. If you have Amazon Prime, it's free two day shipping. There you go. And if you use the code No Expert Show, I'm kidding. We don't actually. Yeah, have a then sponsor. absolutely nothing will happen. God, wouldn't that be so perfect? That would we just rode that in there, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, no, that would have been nice. Uh... Let's see. What are the better podcast pitches? Do you hate going to the post office? I do hate going to the post office, Justin. Good thing I've got stamps.com so I can mail postage from my house. Good thing the last time I used snail mail, it was 1990. That's very true. Spoiler alert, I wasn't born. Well, I was born in 91. Oh, that's right. I was born in 90. That's weird. Um, Any other final thoughts on Nocturnum? Uh, nothing specific. I'm really trying to get a spice or some kind of pepper out of it. For a second, I swear I tasted pumpernickel, but I took another sip and it wasn't there. So pumpernickel. That's so. a very specific. I know. I must have just eaten something weird. No, it's a solid beer. I'm not enjoying the the pepperiness, which I'm gonna attribute to all the yeast in this glass. I, yeah, is not for me personally. Right. So a good solid one, and cool. So we're gonna go to our next beer and spoiler alert there's a goat <laughs> oh really it's just an animal themed podcast basically it's basically i like animals and i'm like ooh, cool there animals an, there's an animal that on that he could drive to work goats elephants giraffes uh sloths sloths that'd be kind of cool you'd never make it to work no i wouldn't <laughs> It would be more like a vacation vacation animal to ride around on. You know, you're uh, you're at the beach and you just want to, like a lazy stroll and get on a sloth. I always picture sloths as lazy. I don't think they'd be a good employee. I think they'd take a lot of smoke breaks, wouldn't yeah. shower very often. No, they'd be kind of grody. Yeah. You have to fire them after a week because they, you know, didn't come to work. Well, his fur's matted with pizza. Anyway, I'll anyway, go grab beer number two. Beer number two. We'll be right back. Hi, Justin. Oh, long time no see. It's a long voyage to the refrigerator and back. Right behind you. Uh, welcome back to I'm No Expert. We are taking a look at the visual side of craft beer when you walk into a liquor store. We I only picked beers this week that had really cool bottles and did no other research. So, so far we have learned that Chris likes obscure animals. Yep. We just had delirium with a elephant and now... We have a Voku Gila from Local Option. 
and it has a goat on the bottle. Yeah, and uh, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about the beer, but then I have a little insight into why there's a goat on the bottle. Yeah, so, um, so it's got an ABV of 6.5. Local option is based out of Illinois, and it's got its description. It's a strong lager, strong lager, so it can lift heavy things, apparently. Um, and the bottle is has a goat on it. It has some cool writing that is in kind of that old-style Russian script lettering, a really blocky Russian lettering. Not sure what it says. Can't read Russian. So kind of interesting because it's brewed out of Chicago. So. It is. Um, some kind of cool skull on the side. Very cool bottle. I like it. It's kind of pink. There's a goat with a mullet. Yeah, I'm a fan, and you'll be able to find that picture. I don't know. We'll probably tweet out these pictures or post them on Instagram or yeah. something here at the end of the evening. We'll do it. We'll so. do social network, blah, blah, blah. Insert social network pun here, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Plug, um, plug, plug. We plug, have plug, friends. Plug. Uh, color, initially very golden. Yep. Very honey kind of color. Uh, pretty. It, you can kind of see through it. Yeah, it's significantly... Uh, Less full of sediment than the delirium. Wait, hold up your glass. I notice yours is darker. Oh, interesting. This, this, uh, so which one did you pour first? I poured... Had to be yours. I poured mine first. And then so mine you got some of the yeasty bottom out of the bottle. So we may have to switch glasses and see if it tastes any different. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I know, uh, well, I won't rip them off. I'll give credit. I listen to another beer podcast, <gasps> and Greg Weiss always talks about uh, beer stratification. They've been really into lately the difference between their two beers when they pour. Interesting. And, uh, especially with aged beers, it seems to make a difference. But um, color-wise, I think I'd call this uh, light amber, somewhere between light amber and dark gold. Okay, so and yours is definitely more transparent. Significantly, yeah. Yours Compared is to mine. Yours is darker and clearly full of sediment, and part of that could have been how I poured, but I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, style is apparently a Maybach. Right. It and is. a Hellesbach. Well, that is why the goat is there, oddly enough. Pretty much all Bach beers have a goat as their symbol, and it goes back kind of to the original Bach. Also, I think Bach is somehow related to goat in German. It, it either literally means goat or it's very similar. Hmm. Well, but we didn't all... do research on German, but Bach. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll ask my dad. There you go. But, uh... Anyway, all Bach beers usually have some kind of goat related to them, and uh, this is kind of a off of the example, but a lot of Bach beers have an ator at the end. Anyway. An uh, ator? A-T-O-R. Oh, an ator. Yeah. I see. Like the, the ending suffix. suffix. Yeah, it's pretty common. But uh, if you see a goat on a beer, it is almost definitely always a Bach. Yeah. Uh, aroma initially very... Uh, Yeasty, very bready kind of smell. I don't yeah, like it. Grainy. Grainy. T- uh, smells like beer. The, the aroma's not as attractive as the delirium was to me. Yeah, um, definitely. There's not too much there. It's it's bready, yeasty, smelling. That's about it. What's, That's all uh, I get. what's the word? Vegetable like? Vegetal? Kind of like earthy? Ve- oh, okay. Like carrots. Yeah, but, like, you just dug them out of the ground and still need to wash them. Potatoes. Sure, but those are gross looking. Lettuce. 
No. No lettuce? No, no. No lettuce? They don't no, grow underground. Removes the dirt. That's true. Root vegetables. Yeah, indeed. We're getting lots of root, lots of from, from the ground. You're right about grainy, bready. <laughs> kind of weird, but almost uh, corn flaky. Hmm. Not that that's like a dominant smell, but... Yeah, I can get that. I get that a little bit. Corn flakes. Do you Open. get any sweetness or anything? Mm-hmm. Box usually have some kind of sweetness to them. Not in the smell, no. I don't know either. I was somewhat curious if there would be a difference between the two, but right, we'll focus on that with taste. Yeah. I'll just take a swig. Mm. So, pretty light, but it's got a really nice like body slash mouthfeel with mine. Yeah, mine does too. Mine's extremely light. It uh, really sticking with the grain. I don't know if it has wheat, but it almost tastes kind of like a wheat beer mm. in that sense. Um, that's something that we could have hypothetically researched, but uh, but it is that grain taste is very upfront. It is very light. It's a nice spring beer as far oh, as yeah. spring seasonals go. I would I would seek out this on a hot day. It's not heavy at all. It's very just. Very light and mellow and refreshing. Is yeah. that okay to use? Is yeah, that I too like much that. To use too much? No, no. I mean, it sounds like a little marketing speak, but I don't really think it is. This refreshing beer will make your springtime that much better. <laughs> Goats. I I think I'm getting uh on the refreshing note, maybe a floral, like a honey type note, something mm. like that. Maybe that's help complementing that refreshing aspect of it. Okay. Their description says robust toast and bread notes. So toasty. Okay. No, I don't think it's toasty. I, yeah, I disagree with that. I think it's a little more uh, uncooked, unbaked. Mm. Whole grain. Yeah. All right, do we want to switch to see I if it's any different? Go back to my cornflakes. Yes, yes, please. Whole grain cornflakes. Now made with whole grain. Okay. Here's your hand off. This is going to be difficult. All right. So yours is the more clear first pour. Mine is the yes. more opaque second pour. Same bottle. Let's So to clarify, it is out of the same large beer bottle, big beer bottle. Yeah, I'm interested to see the difference. I'm also, I don't know, how are you supposed to avoid this in beer? Are you supposed to mix the two and get hypothetically? You could. What? Get an average, if you will. You could swirl it around a little bit after you open it, after you open the bottle. Some of the bigger beer bottles. Someone did tell us that uh, he went to uh, 312, wherever they're brewed at. And they're did, out of Chicago. Right. That's Goose Island. Goose Island, right. Yeah. And they they did a beer tour, and they talked about how they open a bottle of 312, and they like you get to the end, and you swirl it around to get all kind of the particulate yeast flavor stuff and then you pour it and we tried it didn't really make that much of a difference (laughs) not that i noticed but uh i do have some how to pour your beer comments related to our uh new and improved educational segment coming up later coming up soon yeah um but thoughts real quick difference yeah what do you taste Um, difference i do taste the difference yours i do taste even breadier than mine was yeah this is much lighter there's not so much of a cereal bread flavor with yours at all in mine, the original, the lighter, less yeast-filled, I got a lot more of that honey. I got a lot more of the sweetness. And I got a bit of spice at the back end of mine, like a, 
almost like a farmhouse ale, kind of light mm, spice notes. Yeah, I get that. Which I'm just, I'm not getting on yours. Yours is a lot heavier into that bread taste. Yeah. It's a horrible descriptor, but. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you can't really, bread taste, bread flavor, cereal flavor, you get some kind of yeasty flavor. There's uncooked whole grain kind of notes to it. It is what it is. Significantly different mouthfeel than the first beer, to me. Oh, than than the delirium. Yes. Okay. Not between the two. I kind of got a different mouthfeel between yours and mine. I do, I do too as well. Um, I think mine finished a little drier. Mm-hmm. It was uh well maybe some of that's the taste, but it moved on and you could get some more development of flavor afterwards. Whereas this one is uh. It's like cloying, but not for sweetness. Cloying yeah. for, like, the bready taste, whatever yeah. that word would be. I get that. Um, yeah, cool. So, any final thoughts on that one? No. I mean, I mean it gets, uh, gets a thumbs up from me. I think um, this and the first beer are different enough. It's hard to compare against the two. Right. But uh, I, would, I would get this Bach again. I would too. Uh, I think I enjoyed my glass more than yours. So, your glass now or your glass originally? My glass originally, the, the, the clear one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think I would, in my mind, I would recommend being careful with the pour and uh, try not to get too much of that yeast into it. Cool. All right. We'll be right back. Justin. Ah, welcome to Beer School 101. I don't know if it's 101. 102? I mean, I'm not an expert in beer. I don't think I should be teaching it. Well, you are. I'm it teaching is. it. This segment is driven by you. It is. It's my own creation. Uh, feedback from a listener uh, said, hey, why don't you teach us something? And I was like, hey, that's a good idea. Let's teach people stuff. Uh, so this week, we're going to talk about and we're going to learn about head retention. Now, get your mind out of the gutter. It's not what you think it is. Uh, head is usually referred to the foam that's on top of beer when you pour it. And, of course, the foam is just a collection of bubbles because beers are uh, usually saturated with some kind of CO2 or nitrogen mix. And those bubbles build up on top, and they create a head. Now, head is multiple ways important for a beer, not just in visual look. Uh, but a lot of aroma and flavors can come from a head because that's kind of the aromatics kind of bursting out of the beer. It's the, the CO2 and the nitrogen is coming out of the beer. It's, it's bringing flavors up that you wouldn't normally taste because your nasal passages do a lot of tasting more than your tongue actually does. So head retention is basically the 
the length the head will stay on top of the beer. Um, and after that foam collapses, it's kind of the foam being a stable foam. And there's multiple ways that you can, if you're brewing beer and what brewers use to actually keep a head, um, <laughs> keep a head, get it? And oh. yeah, I know that was a bad pun. <laughs> pun national championship the <laughs> right. other week. Um, you can use uh, enhancing malts, and you can use uh, alter how you do the mash and how you uh, do the boil. Uh, you can use heading agents, which are additives that are specifically designed to enhance head characteristics. Um, you can use hops because the uh, a really good head can come from proteins, and proteins are what make a bubble structure and what make a foam structure. So the more protein that you have in a beer, the more you have a better chance of keeping a really good head. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, brewing at home, limit the use of like household dish detergents on your equipment. So like soaps that you normally wash your dishes with, don't use them on anything that you brew with or the glasses that you drink out of because it breaks down the uh, the head and the bubble structure. Right. It, this kind of bridges into the angle of this that I'm more aware of uh, rather than the sciences. Glassware makes a huge difference to head retention. Yeah. Even beyond – within a beer style, if you're pouring the same beer in two different glasses, it, one, how you pour it, which we can go through in general. But in, the general idea is you want to hold your glass at uh, half of a perpendicular, mm-hmm. so let's say 45 degrees, and pour the beer aiming towards the middle of the glass. Uh, kind of like you're pouring a nice wine, you don't want to uh, rest the bottle against the lip of the glass. Right. You want to aim for the middle. And then beyond that, so you pour about half the beer in this way. And then after you've poured about half, you want to go back to a 90-degree angle, just completely vertical, and continue to pour directly into the center of the glass. And this is a good general way to get the ideal head on your beer, which differs by styles, but it's somewhere about an inch, give or right. take some. And uh, it's, you know, if you want less head, you can pour down the slant of the glass instead of aiming in the middle mm-hmm. and bring it up as you go. And that's one way you can get a flat glass. But you miss so much if you don't include the head right. in your beer. Right, you want that foam at the top, and certain styles definitely portray more to having like a consistent head. And nitrogen and nitro poured beers have uh, a better chance because CO two dissolves really well in um, in beer mm-hmm. with alcohol content, and so it really bubbles up really quickly and can go out of the beer really quickly. Where nitrogen um, doesn't really dissolve really well. So when you do a nitrogen CO2 mix, it forms those bubbles. And some beer glasses that are specifically designed, um, like by brewers, will actually have laser etching in the bottom. Sam Adams is famous for this. Because it creates what's called a nucleation site. And a nucleation site is kind of that disturbance, that kind of what you're describing when you were pouring a beer. Mm -hmm. Those imperfections in a glass is where all those bubbles will collect and form together and those laser etchings in the bottom of the glass create those little imperfections that bubbles can collect at the bottom and float to the top and add to the head as you drink it. Right. And then uh, just as one more glassware note for retention, uh, beyond these nucleation sites, which will help to create it, if you want to retain that head for a decent amount of time, it 
some of that is dependent on glassware, like uh, the tulip, where it bulges out and comes back in, and that it's all designed to encapsulate the head so it doesn't dissipate very quickly, right. and you keep getting that aroma. Smaller openings at the top of the glass promote a, a consistent, like, stable head. Exactly. It, much like a general wine glass shape, except with beer, there's a lot of variations based on style. Yeah. Cool. Head retention. How many times do we say head and how dirty did it sound? Let us know in the comments. Send us an email, noexpertshow.com. All right, we'll be right back with our third and final beer. Hi, Justin. Oh, hey, Chris. Uh, welcome back. Third episode of I'm No Expert and our third beer, which this week we're talking about beers whose bottles are cool. Cool bottles. And our next one is from Goose Island. It's Pepe Nero. From This is from 2002. Very oh. cool bottle design. Black label, some embossing going on. Kind of fancy. It's kind of like the minimal aspect of it. Yeah. There's not too much going on. A lot of beers have lots of stuff going on, lots of like colors and shapes and images going on of people having fun and smiling. And you know, this one is just a cool black label. Interactive mountains that tell you how cold your beer is. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Why do I need to know that? Well, if the mountains aren't there color wise, you might actually taste what the beer tastes like. Oh, shots fired. Um, that's going to go into our shitty beer show, I think. Yeah, it probably Special should. Edition. I agree. Uh, so this is from Goose Island, like I said. It is a farmhouse ale, ABV of 6.4. Um, color-wise, super dark again. Went from dark to light to dark. And um, we talked about head retention in our education segment. Yeah. So that's probably a comment we should start talking about on the beers, but this is holding well because I this has been poured for a few minutes now. Yeah, and uh, there's still a lace, still some bubbly, still some lacing going on. Uh, we are drinking out of my mason jars, which are probably the worst glasses you could think of for head retention. Yeah, and aroma. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and generally everything when you're drinking beer, they're just awful. But. You know, I'm a cool hipster and have mason jars as glasses. I'm not against them. We uh, we probably should get some real glasses eventually. It's See just... how, how we could taste. We should try to do a... We could do a glass comparison show. Ooh, I like mm. that. Show ideas. If you like that, send us a tweet. Send us a message. Yeah. Um, smell, aroma. Uh, did you read the facts on this? Percentage and stuff? Uh, yeah. 6.4. Okay. 6.4. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. 6.4 percentage. It is coming to you all year round. And more news from the front coming in at 5 p.m. Back <laughs> to you, Justin. At a Goose Island, a good brewery, um, 
I had, I actually recently went there. I somehow swindled my girlfriend into convincing her that going to visit Goose Island Brewery was a Valentine's Day activity. But, uh, <laughs> she got tricked. <laughs> it was a ton of fun and uh, really good beer there. And I know they were uh, recently bought out by Budweiser. But uh, so far, it seems a good thing. Distribution network's been increased and yeah. ingredients have stayed pure. So back uh, to the beer. Back to the beer. Uh, very kind of roasted multi-flavor or tape, smell, not flavor. Um, kind of sweet, kind of smoky, kind of roasty. That's how uh, I'm getting yeah, yeah, I'd agree. There's there's some kind of like roasted nut smell. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to pick out what nut. Um, not hazel. It's a little, little thicker than that. But almonds. Yeah. Nah, that's not, that was shot in the dark. Chestnuts over an open fire. I'm getting more uh, peppery than I am getting nutty. I'm getting a little pepperine. I get some pepper. Yeah, there's a decent amount of spice to it. It is a farmhouse here, so it, uh, that makes sense. What does it actually mean? The Belgian farmhouse style. It's it's like a saison, so it has okay some of the extra spicing that you wouldn't necessarily expect out of like, like a, a flourish. Pale. A flourish kind of at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, typically, someday we can do a style beer talk, but... Style beer? We're just, we're just branking out the, the show ideas. Yeah, I... But anyway, it's, uh, usually Saison's have a little more spice, a little more pepper. They're a little earthier. So, um, maybe a chocolate, like a bittersweet chocolate. Maybe a little like a cacao. Yeah. Maybe more kind of a, a just a straight cacao smell and some kind of fruit. There is a fruitiness. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. Plums, dark fruit of some sort. I, Figs again. No, <laughs> no. That's the problem. Is I don't want to say the same thing, but it is the dark fruit smell again. Yeah, I'm trying to think other dark fruits. What are other dark fruits? Plums. Um, is that it? Did I completely blank out on on dark fruits? Plums, figs, berries. Right? I earn a lot of berries. I think blueberries, blackberries, cherries. Uh. Uh, I failed the game after drinking. Grapes? Uh, I don't know about. Uh, maybe dark grapes, darker think, wine grapes. Yeah, maybe. Tech, yeah, but I don't really have the same like flavor profile as like a. a plum. Yeah, they're brighter. Anyway, Let's see what we taste here. It's a nice uh, spice to it. It's very creamy. Um, it's a it's. Nice, nicely sweet, but not overly in your face. Not like candy bar sweet, not like a warhead. Yeah, it is really good. The, I mean, there's that roasted malt, almost like a, like a medium body coffee level mm, sweet. Yeah. And uh, yes, most of my coffee experience is from Starbucks. That's why I said medium body. Medium, but, uh, medium body, please. But no, it's, it's good. I'm a large fan. I... That chocolate smell that I pulled out, I am getting in the taste of that malt, and uh, that's very good. There is a there is a fruitiness to it, and you're gonna make fun of me, and that's okay. I really think it's plums. Hmm. Okay, I get that. I get that, and I get a lot of like coffee tones. Yeah. As well with it, coffee flavorings. Um, what do you think about the spiciness? 
Because there is a spice. There's a, there is a spiciness. I don't think it's really super upfront, which is nice. I think it definitely still goes back to like pepper, like black pepper, that pepperine, where it's kind of, it gives you the bite on kind of the edges of your tongue. Mm-hmm. But it's not a spice. It's not like a, a chili spice. It's really lifting. I like it. Mm-hmm. Peppercorn? Black pepper, peppercorn. Yeah, some, a pepperine sort of like flavor. And pepperine's supposed to turn up the the flavor receptors on your tongue a little bit, kind of like salt does. So using it in this definitely kind of makes it, expands the flavor profile, I think, more. But I do, I like this. I think this is my favorite of the three that we've had tonight. As I wasn't sure if we are going there yet, but in my mind I was thinking the same thing. By miles, this is my favorite of the three beer. They're all, none of them I hated. I would drink all of them again, but this was, if I had three in a lineup, I'd pick this every time. Yeah. And being Goose Island, definitely something you could easily, easily pick up. Yeah. Um, not at like Target or someplace, but. Yeah. Eh, maybe. Even then, maybe maybe not the Pepe Nero, but like 312 is becoming really pretty, uh, pervasive. Pepe, maybe. Ooh, maybe Pepe as in like Pepper and Nero as in Negro, which is. Black. Mm, that makes sense. There's a ah, lot of there's a lot of dark malt in I this. I see what they did with that naming scheme. Oh, maybe it's not even black color. Maybe it's black pepper. That could be it. Mm. I think that's what they did there. Wow, very probably clever. Should, probably should have picked up on that earlier. I know. We just we we we're, it was like somebody's gonna be listening. And be like they're gonna get there. They're gonna get there. Oh, they got there finally. <laughs> <laughs> Figured it out. It's black peppercorns. We did it. Um. I think Great. that's a good descriptor for it. But anyway, I yeah, line up with the beers if you had to rank them. Um, I would do Pepe Nero's first. Then I would do the goat beer and then the elephant beer. Yeah, I uh, I think I agree. Although uh, the goat and the elephant are much closer for me than this. Closer like down that. in general, just in Closer in relativeness, I think that, like, this is by far my lead, and the other two are, eh, I go back and forth. Still close. They're distant second and third. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks so much for listening to I'm No Expert. Uh, if you like the show, uh, rate us on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast with your favorite pod catcher. Hey, Justin, what's your favorite pod catcher on iPhone? I'm using Castro, actually, because I just switched over today, but um, Pocket Cast, I used to advocate, but they're not liking our RSS They're not liking our RSS feeds, so we don't like them. Well, it's probably on our end. Probably on our end. Hopefully, we'll fix it. Pocket Cast. I'm willing to be (laughs) indignant, nonetheless. Castro, it's $3. You should buy it in the App Store. It's awesome. But you can listen to us on the website. You can listen to us on any device. Uh, we're all over everywhere. NoExpertShow.com is the site. You can go there and send us some feedback. You can follow us on Twitter. We, you can follow us on Untapped. Um, literally every single social network except Facebook. Yep. And we will be back next week with another show. That is true. Thank you very much for listening. It's uh, very appreciated. We've been slowly getting more and more listener feedback and yeah uh, we like it it's encouraging good night justin sweet dream
there really was a uh, pun world championship. I was reading a Verge article about it, and they off-limit definitional puns. They had a different word for it, but like what you did with a head, they wouldn't even consider a pun because it doesn't have a homonym. Oh, I see. They only consider homonyms. And it's like an eight-hour straight competition. Like, you have like 15 seconds off of a topic to make a pun immediately. So it's like, do you, can you write it down? Or is it like you're sitting at a table with nothing, and they're like, they just like, here's a topic, make a pun. You're and sitting you around a table with people, and you each, and it's like, boom, topic. You have 15 seconds to spit something out not like you can write it down it's like you are speaking and you have to phrase oh, okay. a sentence pun it's like immediately boom, right there yeah it took place in texas maybe eliza can compete there you go for the pun world championships Ooh. world or national i don't know i didn't realize there would be divisions there's divisions i was making that up i have no idea oh, oh my lord there are a lot of pun competitions <laughs> And the first one is called Pun Pun Pun. Huh. I bet Daddy took his T-Bird away. 